of the Wrong Button Podcast, the show where we talk all things nerd, most things video games, and generally anything that tickles our fancy. And today, Mrs. Play and I are flying in on the wings of the ten. That was really good. Thank you. We're flying in. I'm like, I'm sitting on the sofa. (laughs) Well, what pool? Where are you pulling from? No, that was good. That was good. Thank you. Nice to be back. Hi, guys. (laughs) I was afraid of what you were going to say. You were okay. uh, So... Uh, we are going to be talking Horizon Forbidden West because mm-hmm. last month, uh, yeah, I think like really early January, you and I did beat the game. Yes, finally. About a year later. Yeah, like 11 months after the original release. <laughs> uh, so we, we beat that. So uh, this is going to be the warning here. If you have not played and or beaten all of Horizon Forbidden West. First of all, shame on you. Be better than us. Uh, secondly, please tune out. Don't don't watch this episode or come back after you've beaten it. Mm-hmm. Actually, do that one. Come back when you've beaten it and then listen to our thoughts because we have good thoughts. Um, so Horizon Forbidden West, we went from uh, Bryce Canyon area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now to the shores of California. Yep. Uh, so one beautiful game, technically speaking. Always. Um, massive open world. Yeah. Dense, massive open world as uh. as gorilla is now like kind of known to do at least for the horizon franchise it is really it is easily i'm gonna say about four times as dense as the first game yeah it's a big ass map it was and there's just a lot of stuff in it mm-hmm. there's a dlc coming cannot wait yeah burning skies or burning shores burning shores burning shores i was like burning sky that don't make sense continue um yeah so uh we'll what we'll do is we'll start with uh Thank you, Jamie. Um, Jamie had thoughts. We're going to go ahead. We'll probably start. I'm going to say we start with like design uh, machines and then we'll go into story and our overall feeling on that. OK. Um, so one, I. I have one machine that I had a problem with the entire game with its design. Which, which one? The burrower. And that's just because I wanted the watchers back. I miss the Watchers. We got them towards the end, but yeah, I, I had an affection for them. Yeah. By the end. Um, yeah, the Burrowers were never... They were always a bitch. We know, we know, you know, let's say we, I only side-seek it. You never got good at those. <laughs> well, so the, the Burrowers easily replaced the Watchers. Uh, they are literally little gopher versions of the Watchers, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. I think the Watchers were actually like chickens. Um... That would stare at you and then scream when they saw you. Yeah, yeah, little bipeds. And one, I just... It made stealth a lot easier in the first game. Mm-hmm. Because you would just, hey, it's looking directly at me, pop up, bow's already drawn, and then I one-shot it in the eye. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, hitting the hitting the burrowers just never felt... Because they could burrow. And they would jump around weird and throw yeah, rocks. Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, that's the only machine design that I was like. You're like, meh. Yeah. I didn't have any. I mean, I didn't have to actually play the game. So I didn't have to like learn all the strengths and the weaknesses. Um, so I don't have like, a least favorite. I had. Oh, no, I lied. I hated, hate the clamor jaw. The monkey. Fucking hate the monkey. Well, it's because you don't like monkeys. I don't care for monkeys. And these guys were like extra agile and only have like one weakness purge water they were weak to purge water and i don't think i think by the end of the game i still didn't have a single purge and water weapon yeah it would take forever and 
they're like dodge, 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 like extra evasive abilities. And I don't like monkeys in general. I thought they were still a cool design. <laughs> I liked how they had like the face mask and you shot the face mask yeah. off and it looked like a monster underneath of it. Yeah, yeah, looked definitely more scary machine-ish. Machine. Um, no, I, I, I hated that one. I hated that one. Um, Slitherfang, I think, is my... Slitherfang was really fucking cool. I think that's technically, like, on a technical level, my my favorite. Uh, because, like, it was just... It, it moved like a snake. It moved fluidly. Uh, there were really no points in which, like... And, and you've not played enough games with me where... You watch it do something. It's like it's clearly not supposed to move that way. And it makes the model freak out like this. No, it, it moved very well. It followed a pattern mm-hmm. uh, and I, I genuinely greatly enjoyed it. Yeah. The Tremor Tusk was one of my favorites. I'm just going to go through the short list of my favorites. Tremor Tusk. Um, Scorcher was all right. Scorcher was from uh, Frozen Wilds. Yeah. Um, I know we had like a frost claw, but even the crap, I want to get it right. Fire claw was like really challenging. The, the snap maw. That's the turtle. It was the turtle. That one was really cool. Hey. Uh, excuse me, shell snapper. Shell snapper. Fuck shell that one. Snapper. Dear God. So, yeah, you're right. It's really cool. No, you want to talk about the it most was really challenging bullshit <laughs> fucking fight. The, so the it's the turtle, guys. And yeah. when you have to do a couple missions to get it. It would burrow it's underground. Like an, it's like an alligator snapping turtle. It would burrow underground. It would fucking like dig out and launch on you. It didn't matter how far you were going. I never felt like I was fast enough. Or maybe, far enough. Maybe it was trying to tell me like, hey, maybe fight one of these things with a goddamn mount. And I was just too stubborn to do that. But god damn was that annoying. It was really cool. I, like I loved it. It was a great, great design. God it was an annoying fight. Um... The Tide Ripper was pretty cool. That's the one that you and I codenamed Lapras. Ang- Angry Lapras. <laughs> um, yeah, it looked like a, one of those old school, like mm-hmm. old school dinosaurs because, you know, we have a new school. Right. Anatomically correct this time. Uh, the Dreadwing was like a bat. That one was pretty cool. We only had that one once or twice, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, Rock Breakers from the first game. Yep. I have a whole like. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm watching you. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's scrolling, awesome. Scrolling, Snap Mall was from the first game. Um, the Plowhorn. I really like. It's a Triceratops. Yeah, I liked the Plowhorn. The Plowhorn was cool, and it was a Grimhorn when it was in its combat state. But yes, I liked, I liked the Plowhorn. That one was nice. Um, I'm trying to make sure I get the names right, you guys. One moment, please. The Claw Strider. That one was also really cool because that one was the um, Velociraptor. The Velociraptor. Equivalent yeah. With its feathers like that. And you could ride them. Like, yes. We never really did that. But the no. other characters could ride them. Or Gala's group could ride them like that. I enjoyed the design. Yes. Really. And oh. they were challenging. Especially the, the Apex version. I actually really liked getting like, oh, this is the Apex style of it. I thought it was a nice touch to do this one is just clearly going to be a little bit stronger than the others. Um, the wide mall was like the equivalent of like a hippopotamus. It's still a cool design. Not my favorite, but a cool design. It was a cool design. I was afraid of those jaws. Like the way one should be afraid of a hippopotamus's jaws. I'm like, this will fuck up your day. Um, those are really good. Yeah, that was the majority of the machines. I know it's not a comprehensive list. Um, Sky Drifter. 
There's a newer one. The Sunwing. I really enjoyed the Sunwing. Yeah. Um, Spike Snout was like the angry anteater. Yeah. I it, Honestly, it felt like for a couple of the pools there, like the Glint Hawk is still, I think, nobody's favorite. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> when it's a Glint Hawk. The, the Sunwing, how it was, hey, this is clearly a pterodactyl. So when mm-hmm. it flapped, mm-hmm. it felt different. Um, the Leap Lasher. The kangaroo, yeah. Yeah, the kangaroo. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really great job with the machines. I, I liked the expanded... Um, machine list? Yeah, thank you. I want to say the machine base, and that didn't feel right. Machine list. I, it, liked, I liked the new designs. It was... I, w- I was very curious to see what the gorilla team would do especially if they're like setting the precedent so well with horizon zero dawn so to see where they're like all right you have the stage set but now we're gonna go to like the bigger batter machines and these guys it it it, it, yeah it lived up to the hype from from it met my expectations oh and it was it was it was everything that i had hoped it would be other than i I would really like a like a shark predator one (laughs) Oh, that's just me being nitpicky. Like when um, uh, when I showed you the uh, concept art that some people were doing with like the yeah, manta ray, like were, under. Yeah, there were a couple for like the the underwater equivalents that were just like, I hope, I hope we can. I, I know, I know, doing water is a bitch and a half. I know, I know, I know, I know. But if we <laughs> it's could, really cool. If we got one water weapon, because everything everything yeah. had to be able to go on land. Yeah. Yeah, and um, like you couldn't fight underwater. Your your only thing was really just like hide thyself and, yes. and, and remain undetected. Um, but like the manta ray, like fan art, there was a shark fan art. I love whale sharks, so if there was like a whale shark one, that'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, I get, I lo- I loved the machines, the machine list in this game. Oh, ten out of ten. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. and I think the best part is none of them felt like, oh, that's just like. like that's just this older machine now done. Yeah, a little Evolved. different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's still just a glint hawk. Like I yeah. said, when, when we saw the 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 dreadwing, didn't feel like the stormbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stormbird comes back. We got to see him twice, and that was like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing nothing felt like overshadowed, or I just preferred this previous version. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, they brought back the thunderjaw. I love seeing the Thunderjaw. He's really, really cool. Um, He's the, a classic. The Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stegosaurus is cool. He told me his name a minute ago, and I mm-hmm. completely forgot it by now. It's okay. Um, but yeah, his with his plasma laser, and I, I enjoyed his... Uh, I, I liked the fact that it's like, no, the Stegosaurus-looking one, or maybe... I think it was more Stegosaurus, but it was like a Stegospinosaurus thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like one of my my favorite new design because every time you've met him and you only ran into him like twice. I yeah. don't even think we found like a place to hunt him. Uh or I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Um but he was great. How and did you feel about oh sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. How did you feel about the the Spectres, the the Zenith machines? The Zenith machines. Um incredibly boring. Uh design wise. Okay. okay. Uh they were they they were the sleek and futuristic. Yes, yeah, super advanced, sleek, futuristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially after the last game, coming off of the Deathbringers, uh, the Infectors, mm-hmm. and then the the other one, where it was like, oh, this is old school military, 
and it looks blocky. It doesn't look even as like complex as the machines are that uh, were being created in the cauldrons, mm -hmm. but they felt deadlier. And they were, they were supposed to be because they were purely designed for war. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's our best way to segue into the story. Okay. Um, so game picks up. Months. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, maybe six months after uh, the the events of the first game, mm -hmm. uh, the events of Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. um, there is a brief comic book series uh, for Forbidden West. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about six, seven issues. I enjoyed it. Um, it follows Tala, or Tanala, sorry, uh, the 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 hunt master of the uh, arena in Karja. Mm -hmm. um, and then Aloy comes out and says, "Hey guys, uh, we think we found Hades, which was the AI you fought at the end of the first game, uh, and he went west, and you get to see yeah. a little sequence." Mm -hmm. And then you go west and you find that something is new is polluting the earth. What was all the red stuff? I'm over here making faces. Um, yeah, in, in Forbidden West, I would say that Aloy's journey continues as far as like just trying to find like the backups for Gaia. Yes. Like she she learns that Gaia's a thing, and in this in in Forbidden West, it was all about how do I get access to Gaia in order to like make things right. So to speak, continue, continuing on her, on her, uh, fix savior journey. Yeah. We need to find a way to fix mm -hmm. global. Yeah. Eating. I'm going to solve global warming. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and thereby like fulfilling Dr. Sobek's dream. Yeah. That was my note. Um, yeah. So, and of course, you know, Silicon Valley, as well as a lot of other things are out in California. Mm -hmm. So it, it also now makes sense that everyone heads west to find these backups and plot reasons they get there mm -hmm. um, without doing like a full analysis. Yeah. And along the way, Aloy is introduced to a variety of new cultures, like all of the Karja. Tanakh. And the Tanakh. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Karja's last Tanakh. Yep. We're going to edit that. The Tanakh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're different. Yeah. They're different cultures. Mm -hmm. they're, and they're all vastly different it's not just like oh these guys wear blue and the other ones wear purple like no no we have entirely different cultures different architecture different lifestyles different belief systems um it was really interesting i thoroughly enjoyed like getting exposure to those different cultures i felt like with this game it was a much more like human driven human centric as opposed to the the first game felt more like fighting the machines and this one was more poli more politics and people much more fighting people than the first game you continue with story this one this game was character driven this is characters that's driving great, the story that's a great the other game it. was the story driving the characters yes i agree and both can be done well however the characters in this game the the, the vast breadth of them yeah the story about the character development was beautiful yeah was, ten, there was nuance it and it was something where it's like okay we had aloy was she was she was pretty quiet like she she was a character but you could kind of still see her as almost a silent protagonist mm -hmm. and in this game it was no here's aloy the character mm -hmm. 
Um, and Ashley Burke did a great job playing Aloy. Um, like 10 out of 10. Uh, fantastic. Loved, loved the portrayal of that character. Uh, yeah, so we head out. We head out west. Um, you meet... You, you learn that there's uh, the Red Raids not only went from Setskarja when they were gathering slaves, not only went into Nora territory and Osram territory, but it also went out to the West, into the Tanakh. So you the game starts when you get to the Forbidden West with you trying to broker a deal between there are three tribes of Tanakh. Um, there's the Highland, the Lowland, and the Swampland. Uh, and trying to broker a peace that way you can cross into that territory and explore the forbidden west um which is forbidden because Karja kind of still fighting the tanakh and continue to try to find backups of gaia yeah that's a, that's a blood feud that refuses to to die um yeah uh and then you get to meet the ataro first mm-hmm. uh the ataro probably still my favorite like Why? just uh so the Ataru are not part of the Tanakh. They are a farming. Uh, they are farming culture, pretty much vegetarian. They worship what I'm going to call like a machine spirit, uh, mm-hmm. as different machines would come from the cauldron to like help them plow their fields. They all got different names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did you that? ever like the the names were like Do Re Mi Fa So La. Yes. And then I think Tito. I think it went up to Tito. Yes. Yeah. I think it was only three were left at the end, though. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I, I remember you pointing that out to me, like, mm-hmm. and, oh, like, you, you were literally like, oh, it's, it's like. Scales. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and th- each one showing up brought a different season uh, to the Ataru. And honestly, I felt like they, the, the Ataru were the most flushed out society in a new age hmm. like the Karja to me felt like rome okay uh the nora war the nora were the uh north american um the they, they were the north american uh native american people peoples indigenous clans indigenous clans mm-hmm. uh the Osirum bronze age <laughs> yeah they were bronze age and and i know i think all three of them in that area were supposed to be different and then uh the banuk were another mm, i uh, forgot about them good yeah good job they were another clan um but the ataru felt very different like they they lived in giant tree houses mm-hmm. um and they were like it looked like something from that you'd see in like a bali airbnb <laughs> yeah it, honestly they're, it they're felt beautiful very avatar like james cameron mm-hmm. but just like leaves were like enveloping. It was great. I, I highly think I think they were the best flushed out ones. And then the other Tanakh were. I, I'm pretty much going to say it was it's like the Marines, the Army and the and the Air Force, because they found uh, the leader, Kutalu, who is the leader of the Tanakh. He is the, the war chief of all of them. You're doing a great job with the names. Thank you. Uh he walks into a, a memorial, for lack of a better word, and it, it's like it's like a museum trying to mm-hmm. explain like the war between the humans and the machines. And a hologram lights up and speaks to him, and tells him about the ten 
who were who were pretty much um you know Falcon from uh Avengers yeah and he was that Air Force guy who jumped out with the Falcon wings but mm-hmm. it's based off of a real rescue team from the Air Force mm-hmm. they're pretty much them and he's like yo these guys are the most badass people ever this place revealed to me I claim to be the war chief and he he really wants to bring that in so for his missions and, and that entire thing he's very much trying to he's he's trying to build people off of the military like honor and uh idolization like code ethos yeah. yeah yeah it's a central pillar of their identity as a community yes so they in the the 10 was the story that everyone heard and that he told everyone um and yeah and honestly that that portion of it uh going going through the rest of the the game like i i loved meeting all the different players in the tanakh mm-hmm. uh because i thought that was absolutely astounding um what about you did you like any of the did you have a clan that you really that i liked the most yes I'm thinking. Honestly, no. <laughs> I didn't have a particular favorite. I enjoyed I enjoyed just getting to experience the different cultures, like and and the individuality of the different cultures. Um that was my favorite part. And the different clothes <laughs> and the architecture. Like that's what I was all about um well how did you how did you like the um different weapon and not even just the weapons but like the different mechanics of the game such as like being able to um glide in this game uh with your little hang glider or your little like pull the, caster the pull caster was fun um th- that like the, the physics in that i could play with that a lot and like break parts of the game um it, it was fun for traversal because uh, it would like let you stick on things. It made it a lot easier to not like fall off a wall. And then having, of course, uh, Aloy finds a shield uh, that she kind of like rips off of one of the guys you fight at the very beginning. And she can't make it become a full shield anymore, but it displaces enough air that she can fall. With yeah, style. T- turn into like a bit of a hang glider almost. Yeah. Um, and I actually I thought it was really cool. I thought it was like. Okay, I can't fix this, mm-hmm. but it has utility, and I can fix it to a certain point. Um, I wish, because of how it worked, I wish we could have gotten a bit of a parry system with it, um, especially with the game. One of the big differences with Forbidden West from Zero Dawn is Zero Dawn was almost entirely here's a bow and arrow, and Forbidden West was very much like, hey, you now have combat that you can do with your spear mm-hmm. uh, other than just stealth attacks and I would have liked a parry since it's like it's it's small like you have a buckler congrats mm-hmm. you can now parry um, and I would have I would have enjoyed that uh, as opposed to just like dodge and you can kind of hang glide with it um, but yeah I, I did enjoy that I liked the glider I enjoyed have you go up to like the tallest, tallest mountain oh, and, just and then jump just off. glide for a while. Like, let's see how far we can go. Like that was, you know, oh, yeah, my, my inner, my inner child enjoyed that immensely. And I appreciated that it was also a trophy. 
I'm a simple creature. Yep. Um, How'd you like the skill tree? Like, have vice the first game and just being able to, like, upgrade thyself. Um, I think the skill tree was good. It, it, you max out at level 50. Um, I'm assuming you'll go up to 75 in, in the DLC because I think that's what it was in the last game. Um, I like the fact that it's like a lot of missions give you, uh, a lot of missions, hunts, side quests would give you like, hey, here's, here's just some skill points. Yeah. Uh, cause when you max out level, you don't get any more skill points after that. Um, I wish. I need to go back. It. it it was interesting being able to like upgrade her and make mm -hmm. Aloy be able to do better, better things. Um, I, I wish that, uh, I don't know. Maybe I wish it was just laid out a little bit different. Um, or that, uh, some of it felt more usable. So the big thing with this was you got the, you got her like supers and I pretty much only ever used the like ranged one because I could just upgrade, pull out my best bow, mm -hmm. pull out the best arrow, flip that on, and I could trivialize like the the second to last boss. Um, I like we once we did that we two shot him because we did like nine thousand damage to him, and it was like he's got a little bit of health left, and then cuts me. <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess that's the only thing is I wish it felt like it had more utility. Mm all the extras um but yeah uh how'd you like the um the different armor like you had a lot more choices with with outfits this time that offered i mean like yeah the first game ha had like different different uh clothes provided you like different like levels of stealth and protection but this this was a lot more options mm -hmm. with like multiple cultures yes so this this game does have uh, so the, the the first game really you had like three types of armor. Like you had your all around good armor, mm -hmm. your defensive armor, your stealth armor, and then like your your like uh, elemental resistance armor, which was like mm -hmm. either the Banuka or the Karja. Um, and then the, like uh, Ostrom, I think, was there. And I was just like, let me get the full stealth suit because I'm gonna run stealth and you yeah, can just disappear. That's, that's your thing. Um, <clears throat> And I guess I wanted in in this so in this game the armor system felt like they were trying to go between like they were trying to do some like uh almost monster hunter esque where it's like here's all your different things and like but once you clearly got the best armor mm -hmm. it was it was I I was like okay well this is this is the armor I'm going to use because mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to use any other armor I I wish that they were like hey here's I understand like you can't get the shield weaver that that broke. Um, which, by the way, way to explain, like, way to explain why you don't have the best armor, mm -hmm. and that it's like, no, she was using it, and she used it a lot, and then it broke. It's been six months. Oh, no, that makes sense. Uh, but I, I do wish, I wish it was like, hey, here's just a really good stealth armor. If you want the best stealth armor, and it was a little bit more straightforward, I think having all the different options, mm -hmm. but they didn't feel different. Okay. Um, so that's, that would be my only, other than that, the design, like, where it's like, hey, here's, 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 like, a raptor head, here's a shark fin, like, here's, like, a, just, the armor in this game was beautiful. It was real cool. Just didn't feel different, mm -hmm. which was, I think, my only real critique. Eh. Yeah, eh, towards mm -hmm. the armor. Mm -hmm. uh, um, 
I love that we got to fly. Flying was cool. Mm-hmm. Flying. I, I wish it was introduced a little bit earlier so we could use it more. But I am. I loved it. I was hoping in the first game, like, oh, I hope we get to fly. Um, especially the Stormbird. We encountered the Stormbird in the first yeah, game. Like, yeah. we need to be able to fly. So I love, love, loved that we got to fly in this game. And it, it does make me want to go back through and kind of like get a few other things mm-hmm. and unlock the Stormbird. I would like I it would be one of the things like I fuck it, I'm just gonna fly around on the Stormbird. Like <laughs> yes, it would please. probably feel pretty cool. Yeah. Um that one was awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, this game was incredibly character driven and we kind of got to see a lot of Aloy. We got to see, um, Varl meet Zoe. Uh, -hmm. oh God. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, by the end of the game grew up and then, you know, um, best boy Katalu shows up (laughs) and we're all just like, no, we like you. You're pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember the name of the Quen girl. Oh, I don't remember. Um. Also the Quen. The Quen, yeah. The Quen were... So the, we'll now go kind of into the... Uh, in, into more of the, the... The story as it... As it focused. Um, one side quest in this game... 100% the best part. Mm-hmm. I think this game, Gorilla excelled at here is the world, here are how people are living in it, and they... I know one of your critiques when we play games that are, are large and open open world is like, hey, you're the hero of such and such. It's like, yeah, can you go pick me up some marbles? Like, yeah, I hate. Why I are hate, you a twelve-year-old kid asking this of me? I hate fetch games, like fetch quests. But these side quests actually had like nuance and, like you said, like some of the best character development. We get to really appreciate again, like the the nuance, the different cultures of the Tanakh. Yeah, um, and like meeting meeting every character in this game. Uh, you of course uh, we name we named off a few, mm-hmm. uh, and then Alva who are characters that get to come back to base with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanala not being able to come back to base with you kind of irked me. But when she's like, look, I like I got my own thing happening. I have my own thing happening. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a DLC just playing as her in the in the back in the original area. That'd be cool. You look like you have something to say. Well, like what we haven't. How, however many minutes we're into this, I can't read it. Doesn't matter. The point is what we haven't talked about that really grind my gears um was the farzeniths okay go who are the farzeniths <sighs> fucking losers <laughs> um <laughs> a bunch of pussy ass bitches is what they are well there goes our <laughs> pg-13 rating <laughs> got it okay you can you can edit me out no that's staying um, in um they are i'm t- Elites, billionaire elites that are like allegedly smart in their fields, a bunch of CEOs. And they when when Earth is very clearly going to be destroyed and they're like, well, we don't want to like bunker down. um, They take their arc. Of course, it's an arc. um, And they flee to 
they flee to another they flee to another system and or another planet at the very least and they're gone for a while and the whole mystery of the first game is like how what signal did Hades receive and like from where that turned on Hades because Hades destroyed the original Gaia yes and that's what precipitated um Aloy's birth yes um and the signal as we come to find out from the game is that it came from the far zeniths and eventually what we find out at the end the end was that the signal actually came from an AI, a, corru- a corrupt, mad, sociopathic AI uh, that the Zeniths named as Nemesis. I know I'm going a little out of order, but the going back, the Zeniths um, made it to their planet, their home away from home. They lived for a long time. They found a way to make themselves immortal, and then they came back to Earth. And when that part was revealed in the game, I didn't care for it. I'm more okay with it now at the end of the game than I was at the beginning. But I was like, really? Like, it, it felt it felt like what you complain about with, like, Dragon Ball Z, where it's just like, they overpowered the overpower. The only, the only thing you can do is, like, go even bigger. And yeah. then the next more insane thing. And, like, it came from outer space. And, like, <sighs> it, it was the, or the, the Star Wars, like, okay, you blew up the Death Star. So when you do the sequel series, mm-hmm. oh, it can blow up a system. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, actually, we can actually just miniaturize it and like fucking put it on a normal ass spaceship. And it's like, I mean, theoretically, that's the same thing we are with nuclear bombs. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, I didn't. I, it felt it felt like a real like reacher that like they came from outer space and that they were immortal. Like, sure, they're an advanced society. I just, uh, that that one was like a hard harder pill for me to swallow um we get to again they're all sociopaths like humans shouldn't live forever it's we can all have our philosophical debates and differences i do not feel like humans should live forever it's very much they did uh if you guys have either read altered carbon or seen altered carbon yeah uh the meths the methuselians Mm -hmm. uh so as miss play said the world was ending and they decided, you know what, we're going to get on our ship. We're going to go to the closest habitable system that we can get to. Mm-hmm. They fly to that system. And they they build pretty much the Matrix. Because uh, Carrie Ann Moss, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, her character, Tilda, Tilda mm-hmm. is like, yeah, we all kind of lived in our own world. Some people were nicer. Some people were monsters. Um, but they take people that were leading in their field and not just, I'm a scientist, I'm a neurobiologist. One guy owned the world's largest paramilitary organization. Mm-hmm. And in his world, he literally fucking played Grand Theft Auto. And she's like, he would just run around and kill people until it completely desensitized him. And he was bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause part of his nature was he would just go kill people for fun or he would take a contract. Because it sounded fun and go do it himself. That's not okay. Yeah. Not okay. But yeah, so I had issues with the Farzinets. Um Yeah. They died at the end. Yay. Again, that Mr. Play warned you, you should finish the game before you listen to this podcast. The Yeah, it They found a way to disable their their immortality feature. Yeah. Oh god. Um I've remembered every other character except for him uh silence mm-hmm. yes silence oh so 
I think the the best portion of this game uh, really came into a lot of the side quests here. Um, we learned that Silence has known all along what was actually coming. Uh, so he knew about the Parsinus before they got here. Uh, Hades was kind of... He was triggering Hades to capture Hades to to really think like be like what actually happened. Uh, so we learned like he tortured the AI, knew about it uh, to develop his own plan because he was like, Aloy, you're a great person. You are formidable, but goddamn, it is your sympathy like it's going to be the thing that kills us and ends us all. Um, and so that's kind of the antagonism there. Uh, I think the other really big reveal that I I enjoyed from a character development was Beta. Uh, so we learned that the Farzinas come back because uh, they are also looking for a copy, a working copy of Gaia. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have their own clone of Elizabeth Sobat, who is codenamed Beta. Mm -hmm. And oh, I just I just put together Aloy Alpha, you know, a probably Beta. Um, and so we get to see the same person because they are identical clones uh, be vastly different. Yeah, it was a great nature versus nurture moment. Um, and yeah, I I enjoyed I and I know you, there were points where Aloy was talking to her, talking to Beta and you were just like Aloy, you need to chill the fuck out. You are being yeah. a twat. Like, this is not how you talk to someone who's been traumatized their entire lives. Like, she, like th this girl is emotionally stunted and unable. She is not you. And, 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 and Aloy was, like, treating her like, you and I are the same. Why can't you get... What, why can't you do this thing? I can do the thing, and we're, just, and we're the same. Why can't you fucking do the thing? Um, Which, really, really good, like, because... Most clones we think about, like it's the, you and I would be the clone Sorry, wars. I don't know any clones. No, that would be the Clone Wars, though, where it's like yeah. they're they're a little different, but everyone can kind of do the same thing. Yeah, but that's they were clones, yes, and they're in the same environment. Yeah, so you're going to get more like repeatable results. Yes, as that's why I was that's why I was making that comparison. Like, okay, this is the first time that I can think of okay. where we're like we have clones and mm -hmm. they yeah. are not the yeah. same person. Yeah, I mean, like even if you have like twins separated at birth would be like another like close analogy. If you have twins and you split the you split them up and raise them in different cultures, one's raised in Japan and the other one's raised in America, they're going to be different. They're gonna have different mannerisms, different ways of holding stress, different value systems. Like they're going to be different. And this was a nice take on, on that idea. I felt really bad for Beta. Like, she grew on me. And mm -hmm. I I prefer strong, independent women. And Beta grew, Beta gained her independence. Like, she was wicked book smart to begin with, but had no exposure to life. Or, and I can't even call it the real world because she grew up on, like, a fucking spaceship and, like, a controlled learning environment. So this is just, like, her exposure to stress. And environmental stress factors as opposed to just, you know, being wicked book smart um, and just watching her like fractured sense of self and how she grew and how she and Aloy developed their relationship to become more of a sisterly bond by the end. I so there's a point where 
Aloy goes up to Beta. Beta gets captured again by the uh, Zeniths. By the Zeniths. And one of the Zeniths, Tilda, Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity, uh, kind of is on your side. And she's we'll, on her own side. The she's enemy on of my enemy is my friend. Uh, she she was a Zenith. She doesn't like the Zenith. Doesn't feel like she sits in. But she she makes it so that way you can talk to Beta when she is being captured. Mm-hmm. And Aloy walks up to her, whispers something in Beta's ear, and Carrie and Moss Tilda goes, "What was that?" It goes, "That was something for my sister." Yeah, it was between me and my sister. Yeah, it's like sit down, bitch, sister talk. And I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, here we go." Um. But, uh, yeah, I, um, and once again, it, that wasn't the story. It was the characters. Like I said, the, the characters that and how they interacted and who they were and are really drove the story and made it by the end to where I was like, OK, this this still feels. This still feels like kind of dumb, but all the characters that that we got to meet were. I think spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk about the Quen. So yeah, tell me more about the Quen. So Thanks. the Quen are a, I believe they are from the Philippines. Um, judging by, so the Quen are our first like non-continental group that we get to meet. Yeah. Civilization. Yes. Everybody else has been somewhere on North America. Mm-hmm. And the Quen, we learned learned how to build uh, ships, ships, barges. Yeah, they learned navigation and navigation. Mm-hmm. And they came over and they they crashed on San Francisco Island, the island that San Francisco is on. I think it, the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, that's a bay. That's mm-hmm. not an island. It might be an island by the time, like you know, the year like three and a half thousand rolls. Yeah. Over. Okay. Okay. Um, but the Quen. Uh, Everything kind of leads them to be uh, Filipino equivalent equivalent thereof. Um, But they also have focuses outside Mm -hmm. of Aloy. Oh, by the way, Aloy has been giving people focuses. uh, So everyone kind of gets to learn. Mm -hmm. um, And that's that's kind of cool to watch. But the Quen have older focuses and you learn that they're they're I was going to say patriarchy. Uh, their leadership keeps them all very separate, and their job is to track down old ones to figure out, like old world knowledge. Old world knowledge, yes. Yeah. So, and they have access to some of it. Uh, they have access to data and archives, mm-hmm. and they are over here with a a madman to find where Ted Faro went uh, from the first game. The guy who mm-hmm. calls it all where Ted Faro went and to figure out uh, to like figure out like th- those mysteries. Um, you learn that they love um, Aloy because she's a clone of Elizabeth so bad. Yeah. Like more a living old one. Yeah. And that's constant. I loved all the things people called Aloy. That was the most annoying one, but yeah. Um, so you get to go to the bunker that Ted Faro built Mm-hmm. Um, his little harem, that and creepy. yeah, really like giant gold statues of himself. Yeah, um, and you get to see what happened to Ted Faro. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler doesn't end well. 
good, yeah. good, happy about it, but also, hmm. uh, yeah. So you, you go through and uh, the the guy who's in charge of this expedition. One, I one of the things that you can tell that they that Gorilla took a painstaking effort to go through was misunderstanding like our modern mm -hmm. English. So for instance, uh, they would refer to the guy who was in charge as the CEO. However, when you read it on the screen, it was spelled CEO. And you caught that. I can't believe I missed it. Yeah. It was like, Oh, the CEO. And I'm like, I'm looking at that. Like that says, I was like, well, yeah, E silent or, and you've yeah, never heard CEO. that. CEO is the CEO. And I'm like, ah, damn it. I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Good catch. Yeah. Um, but, and this was honestly, I think we probably would have need to have done that honestly to get, uh, Alva, who is the Quen that joins us. Mm -hmm. Um, but you go down and find that Ted Farrow was trying to find a way to live forever. Cause he's gross. And he, one, he destroyed Apollo because he didn't want the world to think of him as this villain. Mm -hmm. He's like, I made a mistake. I don't deserve to be like ridiculed by the next, the next generation. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to find a way to live forever. Gross. Because he felt that when, when zero dawn happened and the children came out, they were going to need someone to lead him and that or lead them. And that was going to be him. And there is a the guy, the CEO, the leader of the Quen is like, oh, by the way, I am his great ancestor. I I have Ted Farrow's yeah, yeah. blood in my veins and really maniacal by like the time we get to that. I'm like, oh, wow, you quite literally yeah. could be Ted Farrow's. Yeah, like, the vibes are off. The vibes are off. But he decides that he is going to uh, go into this tomb to figure out what happened to to his ancestor. And spoiler, Ted Farrow is alive. Mm -hmm. um, we don't get to see him. All we know is that he is hideous. Yeah, horrifically deformed. And I that that is the one question. If we could ever get this segment of this in front of um, Ashley Burke. Or, hell, I'll take someone at Gorilla. Did you have a picture that you showed Ashley to get that face? Because it was pity. Oh, the it capture. was disgust. And I just want to... And there's a moment when the, the CEO comes in and is like, I want to see him. And you can see a hologram of like what Ted Farrow now is. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, burn it all with fire because. Yep. Yep. Kill it with fire. Yep. And uh, escape. And now he dies and you get a companion. Mm -hmm. But I think that was probably my favorite. That was probably my favorite storyline quest. Was because his attempt there was he failed to where the Zenith succeeded. Mm. Um. I also think that by the end of it, the Zeniths weren't human. They were like androids. Uh, when we killed people, they would bleed. White crap came out of the Zeniths. So that's why I'm like, there's not... Ambrosia. Yeah. But yeah. Um, 
that 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 is probably my favorite quest of that game. Mm-hmm. Quest line, I should say. Uh, what about you? Do you have a favorite quest line? I enjoyed when you were helping the um crap. What is Aaron? The Osram? Thank you. When you were helping the Osram guys over in like Las Vegas and they're like, we're gonna get these little ball things and they light up and it's awesome. It's like your first time getting to like breathe underwater and be underwater. Yeah. And then Ikri Lapras fight. Yeah. You have the sure. But then at the end they release all like the balls into the sky and it's like fireworks and dragons and you get to see like you know, like old world lights of Las Vegas equivalent. Yeah. And he's like, this is going to be a great attraction. Like ever the entrepreneur. Like I really enjoyed that part. So I get unlocking the underwater feature. Cause that was another thing that I'd really, really hoped for in this game. Um, so being able to have that, I know swimming underwater, I'm like navigating those controls is difficult. And so to like overcome all of those hurdles and to do it well, um, hats off. And then really just getting to see like, Hey, can can you help me out? This is something that like my my grandfather always wanted and dreamed about and talked about, and like I have a chance to make it come true. And then having like a whole plan of like people are going to come to see this, and it was beautiful to see. Yeah, it also the light show was really cool. The and as like so, what happens is like you get to find collectibles, and they're little like floating charms that have lights coming out of them. Mm-hmm. And when you give them back to the guy, because of course you turn those into him, like. At Christmas time, it would snow and you would see like like candy canes and snowflakes and things falling. So it was like, like, oh, and they're like, oh, I don't know. This is some weird tradition. St. Patrick's Day. It's like, yeah, there was this holiday where they, everyone just drank like beer and mead. And and it was like, oh, this is Seems just a fun. really, really fun like uh, invitation there. I also really like one of the things that, like I said, that I think they did really well was when they when they just messed up basic understanding of our time mm-hmm. because he's sitting there and he goes, it was this amazing thing. It was this gorgeous woman wearing almost nothing because like the Osram are like layered up mm-hmm. and all you can eat food. And it's literally, it's a buffet advertisement. Mm-hmm. You, you mean a buffet advertisement. It's what sparked this crazy journey to unearth this city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause Las Vegas is burning the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, Every one of those was every, in in my opinion, every like explanation to like, hey, so why did you want to do this? Oh well, I I saw this thing and it's like it's it's like that's that's an advertisement for a buffet. Like it's so silly, but when you're like, but it's lost technology and it's just sitting there. I was like, oh, yeah, lost. lost context. So I was like, oh, that's great. A buffet spurred me. Um, very food motivated here. Yeah, we are. Uh, um, I and honestly, my favorite was the proving. My favorite side quest in this game, I think, was like the proving. Um, so one of the things we said was this is very character driven. All the characters that we met, the Ostrom guys that Mrs. Play met, like they all had great personalities. One guy was like, I've like he he sounded like the guy who's like. I really like Shakespeare and I'm into a play and it was like, are you just trying to be Macbeth? Like that's what it feels like you're going for. Um, But there was a, one of the challenges was to do 
all of the fights um, with pitmasters, and the pitmasters helped you unlock and practice combos um, and abilities, so that way you could um, you could fight better. Mm-hmm. And once you beat all of them, they said, "Well, now you can go to the proving." <clears throat> and you learn that the proving is this older lady. Um, who is, I believe she becomes known as a chaplain, uh, which is the Tanakhs, like, older people who have lived a while um, that, like, pass down the yeah, knowledge they, of the clan. Yeah, what they call their elders. Um, and she's off in the woods living by herself. And you, 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 they tell you where to go find her. You go there, you find her, you talk to her, and she'll sit down, she sits with you when you get there, and it's like, oh, do you, do you want to eat this lizard? And you can be like, I think Aloy goes like, no thanks. You can kind of talk to her, or you can be like, yo dog, I just want to fight so you can give me so you can give me like my 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 power up, because that's mm-hmm. what we're, that's what you're that's ultimately what here, we're for. here for. Um, but she sits there, and you can actually have a conversation with her. And it it's very much like, well, why do you live alone? And she goes, well, you beat me, and you, you beat the proving, and maybe I'll I'll, I'll tell you. And then you fight her, you lose a lot. A lot. She was hard. She was. Um, but when you beat her, you can sit there before you get out of there. And she's like, oh, let me take your spear and give you this upgrade. And be like, so why did you? Like, why are you out here alone? And she tells you, she's like, I like I, I know war. I've seen, I've buried my kids, my husband, like mm-hmm. my enemies. And it's like, and she's like, and I just decided at this point, like, the the best thing for me was to live alone. Like, I, I couldn't live in that culture. Yeah. And Aloy then goes, but then why do you, why are you up here, you know, teaching people how to fight? Because it's a plus one to your spear, but it's ultimately like you, I'm going to teach you something is kind of what it is. And she goes, because this is something I know well. And any war- warrior who has proven that they, that you can master from all the clans you know, shows discipline, they still have to beat me, and I can still pass on something I know that will protect that person. And it is it is literally five lines of dialogue. And I was like, fuck, there's an entire character development arc right there and a great story. And it's like five, six lines with this person. And I still yeah. think it's the best part. She was a badass. She was. Mm-hmm. A little broken. <laughs> little, <laughs> little bit of uh, bullshittery. Nah, she was cool. Oh, one of the other things I loved, and it's super minor. Okay. We get to find out like what's behind those like I want to call them metal flowers from the first game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They were all over the place in the first game, and we were like, what is this about? And we never learned. And then in this game, we find out. <laughs> like we gained the ability to like unlock them, so to speak. So like that was really cool. Like, way to plant something in the first game. Yeah. So. And then just be like, okay, well, they're not just a collectible. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was looking at it in the first game, uh, when you go to them, they typically have, like, a ring of plants around them of some site. And I honestly think that that ring of plants, because in this game, they, they grow vines out of them, and you override them, and it disintegrates the vines that they're growing. I think those are supposed to be, like, open ones that no longer work, and that's kind of... Maybe how they how they went about it, but yeah, nope, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, talked about all the cool parts. We're gonna go back to the main story. Okay. So you find a you find a copy of Gaia, mm -hmm. and Gaia one great design. Mm -hmm. Gaia sends you out to find and you override all of the subordinate functions. The remaining subordinate functions, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so that's like Poseidon. Oh God, uh, Demeter. Yeah, eighth. It's not your. It was a weird name. Yeah. Yep. It, it was it was Endor. It was Greek Endor Roman god names, mm -hmm. um, all the way down except for Apollo. However, you do learn that uh, the Farzinas have a working copy of Apollo uh, on on their ship. Um, so you, you find all that. Uh, you have multiple battles with the Zenus where they are nigh untouchable, um, including to the point where they body Varl. Um, so Varl from the first game comes along with you, has pretty much a wife, you learn is about to have a kid, mm -hmm. and then Aloy and Beta are trying to uh, are, are trying to, you know, capture Hades, and they no, Hephaestus, not Hades. Hephaestus. They're trying to capture Hephaestus, and the Zeniths come, end up taking a completed version of Gaia, as well as killing Varl. And it, that's kind of where you begin to sprint to the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. um, Devastating. Yeah. Um, however, I do like that Varl gets his own plant, that there's an entire memorial that Aloy can go out and talk to at different points. And she will update Varl where she is, and we'll kind of have these conversations with him. Um, and then this is where you learn that Tilda, who is one of the Zeniths, mm -hmm. doesn't like the Zeniths, and she considers herself separate from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but she really has a thing for Beta, and then she meets Aloy, and really has a thing for Aloy elaborate for the class what you mean by a thing uh she because she was alive back when elizabeth sobet was alive mm -hmm. is she were there were affections towards elizabeth T tilda reveals to aloy that as mr play just said that T tilda had affections for elizabeth and for a while believed that elizabeth returned to the affections um before ultimately, you know, like putting feelings aside for, you know, the good of humanity, gotta save the world, can't have feelings. Um, and when Tilda decided to join the group of people who eventually would become the Zeniths, but uh, who had elected to leave Earth, she deeply regretted leaving Elizabeth behind. Yes. Um, and uh, my opinion there kind of differs a little bit from yours where you're like, can't have feelings. I think Elizabeth just was like, you are truly a selfish person. Maybe. And she's like, you're right. I need the good of it. And I can't have feelings for you because she is a deeply selfish person. Um, and then you learn that like uh, throughout that Tilda was like, said very, she was frilier towards beta built like a AI room that they could hide in um, and yeah, talk. Yeah. And she could see like her art collection because you learned that she was like a cybersecurity expert, counterfeit expert because mm -hmm. she did all of it. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then at the end of the game, uh, you, of course, help avenge Varl, uh, help uh, Zoe, who is like Varl's lover, uh, avenge her. And um, you then then it comes that Tilda's there and she's like, look, you, you learn that this. The far zeniths aren't what set off everything here that made the subordinate functions go haywire. There was an AI that they created to make their lives better. Mm-hmm. And except they used the AI and used bits of all of their personalities. And these are the best of the best. And a lot of them are like, they're also incredibly rich. So the AI is literally created out of all their egos, all of their like drive. Personal flaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they learn they don't like the, the AI, so they lock it in a room. The, with itself. the AI didn't like them. Yes. The AI was like, y'all suck. And you're kind of, like, you suck. And they realized that the AI was going to, like... Destroy their planet. Destroy their planet. Like, destroy them, at the very least. So they imprisoned the AI. And they just considered, like, if we imprison it, lock away, throw away the key, they thought nothing of the AI. But when you take something that's intelligent and you lock it away... Fiercely intelligent with a lot of... Um, ego maladaptive personality quirks <laughs> then it it went mad and became rageful and vengeful yeah and it broke out of its prison and it just it destroyed them it destroyed the planet <coughs> only a small group of the zeniths were able to escape and when the when the nemesis the ai's name was nemesis when nemesis escaped it, it's the one that sent the signal to Hades. I'm like, I'm not only going to destroy you, but anything that you ever remotely loved and held dear. If you've touched it, scorched earth theory. And you learn that the Zeniths came back to like resupply, mm-hmm. trick it to thinking that they were there and they were going to jump to another system and hopefully lose it. Yeah. Um, and you learn that uh, Silence was like, hey, it's coming. Aloy, come with me. We can go into the stars. We can learn everything. Um, and ultimately, that ends up not happening. Uh, silence. Aloy is able to persuade Silence into staying to help fight, prepare, prepare to fight Nemesis. And yeah, so after that, and one of the things I like is after we beat this game, the previous game, it was like, hey, we're going to put you to this point right before you did the final mission. Um, of course, it had like a, a a trophy of like, talk to all these people and help enough people and then get everyone to come help you for the At final the end, battle. Yeah. In this game, you beat the final mission and the game's like, yo, walk around, but the final mission's done. Uh, go, go, go explore and enjoy this world. Um, which I really enjoyed. Um, just because it wasn't like, you never beat the game. It just constantly goes back to that. Um, but yeah, I... I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the DLC coming out. Very curious. Um, and and obviously things are set up for not just the DLC, but like a, a third game. Um, so hopefully we won't have to, like, you know, wait six plus years. But also I totally get it if we have to wait six plus years. <laughs> um, a third game. Uh, there is there is also another game coming out for VR called Shadow of the Mountain. A lot of the VR games, though, have been transferred over to a non-VR state, um, just because VR has not sold as well as 
notoriously. And there are still rumors flying around of a of a Horizon um, multiplayer game where it's like, hey, we're going to go hunt down a monster together. We can go do stuff like that. Hunting party. Um, now, we are getting close to the podcast. But I would be remiss if you and I did not talk about the best boy of that goddamn game. And that is Katalu. We brought him up. Uh, every other character, every other character is really great, guys. Um, like I said, the, the characters in this game are um, some of the best. Uh, we get to learn about Zoe. She really brings us into like, what's religion like? Mm-hmm. Um, Alva, we get to see she's the Quen. So what is it like on the other side of the fucking world? Like you guys got over here with, you know, stick built rafts. Um, and a rather primitive navigation system. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we get to see everyone else, but Katalu. So he had so much growth. He has. Uh, so the you learn that the leader. Um, oh God, I lost his name. I brought it up earlier. Hikaru. Hikaru, who is the leader of the Technoth. Uh, we learn that he has. Uh, champions are what he calls marshals and they are they are people who come from each of the different clans which is the uh swamp the highland and the desert uh clans and they renounce the clan that they belong to and instead what they do is they come in they do their own type of proving Mm -hmm. he ordains them marshals and they go out to keep the peace and katalu was one of his marshals and there is a fight with Regala, who is a marshal that didn't see eye to eye with him. And once like trial by martial combat, she builds her own rebellion army. And it was a- voiced by Angela Bassett, by the way. R- for really? Re- for realsies. Huh. Anyway, continue. Uh, it was just worth noting. <laughs> and he uh, he in, in this fight, he loses his arm. And it's like his dominant arm. So he can't be a marshal anymore because the, the, the Tanakh pride themselves on their warrior soldier culture. And even in modern day, a soldier loses an arm and they can no longer an be a soldier. Honorable discharge. Yes. Uh, so Aloy, Aloy goes back to his home clan, the Sky Clan, where he kind of forces them back into compliance because they were like, we don't have to listen to Hikaru anymore. We're not going to do his bullshit. Um, and Katalu, you know, is like, well, what are we going to do? We can't really stop him. And Aloy is like, well, he's got this hall- wall to hide behind. Mm-hmm. So let's bring down the wall. And she did. And she does. And he's like, you're pretty dope. I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And goes back to Car And Car is like, actually go with Aloy. I think she can teach you a lot. And he does. He gets his own focus. And then you learn that he's been talking to Gaia and guy is like, actually, you know, back in the day, we actually had these things called prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and he's and he's like, what? Like, yeah, we can we can totally build you an arm that yeah, way. We can get you one of those. That, that way you can use that, and, you know, help people. And so he asks you if you will help him do that. Yeah. Go scavenge the pieces that he needs to build the prosthetic arm which you guys go do. And he's always grateful and like, it's not even that he's grateful. Like he is honorable the whole time. Like an, an intelligent and honorable warrior. 
and he begins to like like you more as you mm-hmm. help him do things because he yeah. still fights with one arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually it gets to the point where it's like you walk in and it's like, hey, I have all the engineering. The Quen girl over there is helping me build my arm. Mm-hmm. You'll want to go out and test it. And yeah, I do. Let's go take one. I think it was like a scrounger. Mm-hmm. It was like the lion from the original game. And you go out and fight it and absolutely thrash it. He's like, this new arm is great. And Aloy is like, it looks like it's great. You look awesome. Mm -hmm. And then he takes it off Mm -hmm. and puts it like in his pack. And she goes, why? And he goes, it is now just a tool and a weapon. I will use it when I need it. But this is who I am. Yeah, like I am whole without this. Yeah, it was (laughs) it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Chris had the feels. Oh my god, best boy right there, Katalu. Um, and honestly, guys, like we didn't even scratch the surface. Like they have a whole tattoo culture that I could easily spend hours talking about. Yeah, my my rage when Varl died. Yeah, I was mad for a good like two or three days. Yeah, didn't play the game much for a while after that. It was like another week before we played it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. I loved it. Um, my only critique, and I voiced this like another like during our let's plays is that Aloy had a lot more like catchy catchphrases and she had more quips than I cared for. I'm like, you're a little bit mouthy and it's not cute. Um, it wasn't the talking to herself quips. It was her actually like being snarky. She was a little bit, it wasn't even like good snarky. It was just like, it it, it was like someone w- was trying to personify some of like, like Peter Parker's kind of like mouthiness. during combat except it was bad okay i didn't like it i didn't like it i'm like you you, no you didn't do this in the first game i do not approve of this personality growth um that's like literally my only like my only like real complaint other than you know the having to come around to the farziness i i thoroughly enjoyed the game i'm Mm -hmm. very curious to see how nemesis is portrayed i'm very curious to see what they can do now with hades um no they don't have hades still it's it's hephaestus hephaestus damn it we're gonna be chasing the hephaestus ages, again the yeah. Ages. yeah okay i'm very excited for us to catch hephaestus again again um yeah look at looking forward to it and and now that like aloy has like her ragtag band of misfits <laughs> um and we're all on the same page and we're all ready to fight through the power of friendship. I'm, I'm excited to see like how, how, like where, where things go from here. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Um, once again, guys, I don't think we will be doing an LP of, we're not going to be doing an LP of forbidden West. Um, maybe, maybe later on down the line, Mrs. Play and I'll stream it a little bit on Twitch. Uh, we won't do an LP of, uh, the burning shores uh just because of how how the original lp went doing uh uh frozen wilds but if you guys enjoyed this please don't forget to like comment subscribe follow us on facebook twitter instagram uh feel free to drop a comment please let us know uh what you guys thought of this game uh character wise anything else if there's anything you uh wish we would have covered in this or would like to hear us cover on this because I will be more than happy to drag Mrs. Play down here for uh, a Horizon Forbidden West addendum piece. 
uh, yes, to, to do more on that one. Um, Meanwhile, thanks for joining us. And yeah. Drop us a follow. Love you guys. Catch you guys later. Remember you're all winners out there. Keep it weird and have a fantastic rest of your day.